Well, welcome back. I took a couple weeks off for some personal business and to get back to writing some regular articles for Gateway City Sports. But we have some NFL news, some NCAA football, baseball news, and of course we'll talk a little bit about the Cardinals. And I have a few scheduling announcements. So come on up and bring your koozie. And we're going to talk some sports. You got to get it done. This is Gateway City Sports. The rumors are true. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers with Don Glenn. A confident young man. A superb athlete. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. Gee, that sounds kind of interesting. Gentlemen, start your engines. Romo on the shotgun, here's the snap, Romo looking, dumps it off right side, intercepted! Intercepted the goal line by Woodson, and there is your Gallagher! Brewholz with a widespread stance, arms out over the plate. Bickford from the stretch. The 1-1 one, one pitch. A swing, and there it goes! Westfield! Talking Sports on the Bleachers is a proud part of Gateway City Sports and at GatewayCitySports.com. Check out Gateway City Sports for your articles and podcasts on sports in and around the St. Louis Bi-State area. Check it out again on GatewayCitySports.com. All right, like I said, got a lot of things to talk about this week, so we're going to start with the NFL. Um... It's an early race for the first-round draft pick for this next year as the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears seem to be looking to claim that spot. I mean, they're both 0-4 starting the season. And here's the interesting thing. If the Bears happen to get the number one pick, they already have Carolina's first-round pick. 
So if Carolina and Chicago, which are currently 0-4 each team, if they remain with the same record, Chicago would have the first pick in the draft and the second pick in the draft. It will only be the third time in NFL history that it would have happened. Uh, the first time was 1958 when the Bears had two first-round picks and drafted quarterback King Hill and halfback John David Crow. Uh, then again, it happened in 1992. This time, the Indianapolis Colts had the first two picks and drafted defensive lineman Steve Emptman and linebacker Quinton Corat with picks one and two. So how possible is this? I mean, the Bears have lost 14 games in a row dating back to last year. Now, if you talk to many Bears fans, they already know. there's a there's If, if there's a way possible, the Bears are going to screw this up. Okay, it's going to happen. They're going to go on a winning streak, win three games, and get knocked and not have a first. Yeah, it's going to happen. Just just bank on that. Okay, but if they should get the top two picks, and this is you know it's possible, I guess the common thought is that they're going to take USC quarterback Caleb Williams and Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, the interesting thing is this would officially put to end the. Uh, Justin Fields era in Chi-Town, or at least put it into big question marks. You know, Fields has been around the league three years. Last year was his first full year. Uh, went 192 of 318 for 2,242 yards, 17 touchdowns. He only had a passer rating of 86.8. Now he did run for 1,100 yards as a quarterback, and that's one of his that's one of his bright spots, or one of the good things about it. He's a good. He he doesn't have to just scramble. He can run for effect. He can run and uh, get that five yards, six yards, eight yards that he needs sometimes here and there. I mean, he did have eight rushing touchdowns last year. The fans, at least, the, the, the ones I've talked to in, in uh, you know, Bears fans, they feel underwhelmed with Fields. They they don't think he's done enough. And I, I have to say, 86% passer rating, that's, you know, you're in the NFL and you're trying to win. Um, and 86% just ain't going to do it many times. Uh, now, is all of that his fault? Well, I don't know. I mean, you look at it. Last week they played the Broncos, a team that allowed 70 points the week before to Miami. And they shut the Bears down, only allowing 7 points in the second half. While they turned around and riddled the Chicago defense... For 24 points, 17 in the fourth quarter. That included a fumble recovery and return for touchdown by the Bronco defense. I mean, you can't blame it all on fields because if the defense is putting him in a bad situation where he's got a where he has to score, where they 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 have to start passing. If the if yeah, I just don't know that you can put it all on fields. But he definitely has to set up, uh, take a lot of it on, take a lot of it on, uh, and you know if he is or if they do go for Caleb Williams, um, I'm sure a trade for Fields, and there's going to be teams that'll want him, and you know, maybe teams that he'll fill he'll fill in with better. I mean, you just don't know. So we'll see what happens with that. Next up, the Bears face the Washington Commanders. Commanders are a lot better team than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, they did kind of lose big to the Bills. But they gave Philly all they wanted. 
Sam Howell, yeah, he's been up and down as a quarterback. But you look at it, and they're playing with a little bit of purpose over there in Washington. The commanders are coming in. Um, you know, they're hot and bothered because they just got lost to Philly, and they, I can see the Bears are going to be 0-5 after next week. And uh, it, and if they do go 0-5, it's going to get very ugly in Chicago. I, I, I got this feeling. Not that it already isn't, but it's going to get uglier, maybe. Uh, for Packer fans this season, the question has been, what will it be like post-Aaron Rodgers? Well, the jury is still out for most people, I think. I mean, seriously. You've only really had four games to judge. And, you know, Jordan Love has had his games, and Jordan Love has not had his games. Uh, in his first two games, I think people thought, okay, we're not missing a beat here. I mean, they did only go 1-1 one and one in his first two games. But he was a combined 29 of 52, 396 yards, six touchdowns, and zero picks. Okay? Uh, now, the last two games have not quite been as good for the young man. Um, the, versus the Saints and the, and the Packers, or the Lions, excuse me. The uh, Packers are one and one, were 1-1 one one in those two games. And Love was 45 out of 80 for 505 yards, but only two touchdowns and three picks. Now, he did add two rushing touchdowns to that total. So, you know, again, jury may still be out on whether he is the, the answer to the uh, loss of Aaron Rodgers. Now, he's not getting a lot of help in some respects, though, either, because uh, in the last game against the Lions, he was sacked five times. I mean, the offensive line looked like Swiss cheese. You know, five sacks in one game is two more sacks than they had the first three games combined and they've had a couple players missing Aaron Jones has been out Christian Watson's been out now one bright spot has been Romeo Dobbs um, turning in some really good numbers but you know really he has not had that much help uh, so we'll see on a Monday night the Packers take on the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas uh, and right now the Packers are favored by two we'll see how that plays out you know, and as much as the Packers are adjusting to life without Aaron Rodgers, you know, so are the Jets. Now you're asking me how? Well, the Jets traded for Rodgers. Everybody knows that. And Rodgers has played so far one the one series. He played the first series. Tore his Achilles. He's out for the season. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up, folks. It it, it happened, and uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's just it it is kind of humorous to me that they do that. They go after they get this guy, and then all of a sudden gone. And and it's you know, I think somebody put out the meme on Facebook: "Gone in 60 seconds." You know, uh, reference the uh, the movie, the action movie. Uh, but uh, now the new quarterback for the Jets is Zach Wilson, who is 0 and 3. Uh, 72 out of 123 for 712 yards, four touchdowns, four picks. Um, it is reported Rodgers is out for the season. However, uh, Rodgers has said that things are moving along quicker and that he might just get back. We'll see if the team doctors are right or if Dr. Rodgers is right. Uh, a couple of surprising teams going on right now. Uh, I mentioned the Detroit Lions earlier. They're also the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. Now, Detroit opened up beating the Chiefs in, in week one. Lost to the Falcons. I mean, actually got dominated by the Falcons in week two. Turned around week three. They 
solidly beat uh, Green Bay. Uh, Jared Goff is playing well, uh, 91 of 31 with uh, uh, 1,029 yards, six touchdowns, three picks. He's got a 98.4% passer rating. Uh, they've got David Montgomery running the ball about 90 yards a game. The defense has recorded 13 sacks, 22 tackles for loss. And with the favorable schedule they have, I mean, they've got teams coming up like Carolina, like Las Vegas, like Denver, the Saints. And along with two games against the Bears, I mean, you got to figure at least one of those is a win. The Bears might get lucky on one game there. Uh so, you know, I'm looking at it saying, you know, eight wins for the Lions uh, is a very safe bet. Probably going to get 10, could be even 12 wins. I mean, they're, if they if they can keep the momentum going, uh, they're in a division that they could easily win the uh, the Central Division, uh, North Division, whatever it is. I don't remember anymore. Uh, <laughs> North Division, that's what it is. If they win the North um that's a, that's kind of a surprise because last year, you know, people thought Detroit was on their way with Jared Goff and they, they were getting some pieces in place. And I don't think a lot of people had him figured right now coming up and being being ready to go. But, uh, you know, looks like that they are. Uh, the 49ers, they're now 4-0. and And I know they played the Steelers, Rams, Giants, and the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so it's not a real big what you would call statement that they're 4-0. and But... They haven't scored less than 30 points. Brock Purdy so far, 81 of 112, five touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating of 115-4. Uh, 115-4. And that's, you know, this is not bad for Mr. Irrelevant of the 2022 NFL Draft. And for those that don't want to know what I mean by Mr. Irrelevant, he was the the last pick of the draft in the NFL is always being referred to as Mr. Irrelevant because he usually not doesn't show up and, you know, doesn't play. And, you know, um, and in 2022, uh, Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. So don't sleep on those guys. I can tell you that. Uh, also for the uh, 49ers, Christian McCaffrey is averaging about 115 yards a game with six touchdowns. The defense is only allowing 14 points a game. They've got nine sacks, 16 tackles for loss. Their schedule's not overly tough. It is a little challenging. They got a few games in there that are that could be nail biters. Uh, but we'll see how far they can go. Right now, they're on a roll. I wouldn't count them out. Next up, I want to talk a little NCAA football. Right after I tell you about stress-free car buying. Have you heard about stress-free car buying? It's real. At 5th Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri, they want to make your car buying experience less stressful. They're going to help you find the vehicle you need no matter what brand. At 5th Street Motors, they believe in giving you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that's going to fit your budget. Check out what stress-free car buying can be and give Brandon or Don a call today. 573-259-1306. Tell them Don Glenn sent you from Talking Sports on the Bleachers. That number again, 573-259-1306. Okay, last week Russ Russ Robinson and I uh, talked on the NCAA report about Mel Tucker uh, at that time who had just been suspended as the University of Minnesota head coach. Well, he was fired uh, for cause, um, 
in a statement released from the university, he said uh, he was fired for his admitted and undisputed behaviors in which have brought public disrespect, contempt, and ridicule upon the university and, a const- and constitute a material breach of his agreement and moral turpitude. Now, the complaint and what this whole thing is, it dates back to a complaint filed by Brenda Tyler, who's a rape survivor and sexual assault awareness speaker. She claims that um, Tucker, in a phone call to her, um, masturbated during the phone call. Um, Don't ask me how she knew. I don't want to know. Now, Tucker claimed that, yes, he did, but it was consensual phone sex. I, again, folks, you cannot make this stuff up, okay? Um, so by firing Tucker, though, right now, and firing him for cause, the university is not obligated to pay him anything of the $79 million left on his contract, and I'm assuming that would include even his buyout, because all contracts have a buyout of some kind. So, uh, you know, I, there's that. Now, in a letter from his attorneys on Monday... Tucker called the proposed termination unjustified for several reasons. In a separate statement, Tucker said about MSU, they does not care about my rights, the truth, or its future liability for policing its employees' private lives. Uh, Harlan Barnett, who has been named the acting head coach, is now the interim, who was named acting head coach, is now the interim head coach, We'll see if he is considered for the job after the season's over. I think that's when they're going to make their little uh, their announcement on that. Uh, so far, without Tucker, Michigan is o- Michigan State is zero and two, and uh, outscored seventy two to sixteen. And I think I may have made a mistake earlier and said it was the Minnesota. He's the Michigan State head coach. I apologize for that mistake. Because um, PJ Fleck is at Minnesota. He's having his own problems, but. We'll get to, we can get to that at another date and time. Um, as far as who could replace, if it's not going to be Barnett in the future, who could replace him next year as head coach? Uh, Mike Elko of Duke has been mentioned. Uh, the Devils, Blue Devils, are four and one this season, and uh, especially with an opening uh, win versus then number nine Clemson, they've outscored opponents one sixty three to fifty six this season. Last year, the Blue Devils were nine and four and uh, beat U.S. UCF thirty to thirteen in the Military Bowl. Uh, Mark Stoops from Kentucky is another name being mentioned about. Uh, Eleven years as the head man of the Wildcats, Stoops is seventy nine and fifty seventy one and fifty nine, and he's he's been around a few different schools. Uh, Charlie Huff from Marshall is another name. He does have experience in the Big Ten. Is uh, he was a running back coach. Um, and I forget which, which where he was at, but it was uh, two, between 2014, somewhere in there, 2017, uh, that area. Uh, Willie Fritz from Tulane, uh, who's been a head coach at, a diff- at many different stops, Blinn College, Central Missouri, Sam Houston State, and Georgia Southern. Uh, he, in two, 2016, he took over Tulane and has a 201-115 record. Four and one in bowl games. Uh, Jason Candle of Toledo has also been mentioned. Uh, Lance Leopold from Kansas and Chris Kleiman from Kansas State uh, have also been mentioned as well. 
uh, coordinators that some people are talking about, uh, Sharon Moore from Michigan, Sean Lewis, former Kent State head coach, now uh, an assistant with Colorado, uh, Brian Hartline from Ohio State, and Matt House, the defensive coordinator for LSU. Uh, now, House is also a former Michigan State alum, so... You know, there could be a connection there. No timetable's been given, and nobody's really been discussing. You know, so, you know, you can pretty much figure it's going to be after the season when they do this. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Big Ten. I mean, what's going on here, folks? The Big Ten. You've got uh, Pat Fitzgerald at, at Northwestern suspended, or not suspended, well, suspended, and then fired due to hazing and, and other supposed racial problems. Uh, the baseball coach at uh, Northwestern fired for sexual harassment. Uh, you've got, as I reported earlier, but he's not really in trouble, but there's been questions around P.J. Fleck up at Minnesota. And now you've got Mel Tucker. I remember a few years ago, I was talking with Russ about this last week. I remember a few years ago, uh, Illinois had their own issue with uh, uh, Tim Beckman, um, he was fired for supposedly, uh, uh, I don't know, a rough handling of his players or mishandling something of that nature. I don't know what it was, but it forced him to play hurt and things of that nature. Uh, at least that was the claims. Um, you know, so well, what's going on in the Big Ten? I mean, we, you know, and you can go back a few more, a few more years before that uh, uh, with Penn, the whole Penn State uh, thing. This is. This is not looking good for the Big Ten in that respect. Um, you know, Russ and I, like I say, talked about it. You know, the, this thing with Tucker, I mean, that's not necessarily a school thing uh, per se. Uh, it was more personal. Um, but still, it does reflect. I mean, you know, it has to. Got to look at it that way. Uh, some interesting matchups in the college in the NCAA this week. Number one, Georgia, 5-0, and takes on number 20, Kentucky. Also 5-0 in an SEC matchup. Now, neither team is what you would call a rough schedule so far. Now, Kentucky did, though, have beat up on uh, number 22 Florida last week, and, uh, while Georgia had to withstand a challenge from an unranked Auburn squad. So I'm thinking this ought to be a pretty good game to watch, folks. Uh, number 3 Texas squares off against number 12 Oklahoma, a Big 12 matchup that next year is going to be an SEC matchup. Uh, both teams come in with that game with 5-0 and records. Number four, Ohio State squares off against unranked but a very hot Maryland team. Mike Lockley's got that squad really playing good football. Uh, both teams are undefeated. They can put points up on the board and have stout defenses. This actually should be a good game. Oregon faces number, number seven, Oregon, faces number eight, Washington. Uh, both teams undefeated. Two and are two of the top three teams um, in the Pac-12. Both are five and zero, and quite as much with the Texas Oklahoma. Both of them will be in a different conference next year. Uh, number twenty-one, Missouri, five and zero. Now, how often do we get to say that Missouri football ranked and they're five and zero? How many times have we has anybody been able to say that? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, they host number 23 LSU, who's 3-2. and two. And if Mizzou could win that game, they could knock LSU out of the top 25 and, you know, 
get themselves inside the top 20. Nice little feather in their cap if they can do it. Number 10, Notre Dame is 5-1, and one, and they're at number 25, and undefeated Louisville, 5-0. and oh. That could be a good game. I, I don't know uh, that much about Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame has been pretty good, so but again, they, you know, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, now, most of you know I'm based in Central Illinois, and I am an Illini fan, and I do report on Illinois. And this season hasn't been a good one for the Orange and Blue. Uh, after getting shellacked by Purdue last week, they're hoping they can get the ship right at it in Nebraska, or versus Nebraska on Friday at home, uh, which, you know, just a couple days ago, um, they had a fire at Memorial Stadium. Uh, I think there was just some, some equipment that got caught on fire, uh, so it didn't really damage the stadium. But, um, you know, there's there's been some jokes about that, obviously. If you want more of my thoughts on Illinois, uh, check out my new bi-monthly column, Champagne Dreams, at gatewaycitysports.com. I'll get back to the show in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about hydration multiplication from Liquid IV. Now, whether you're playing sports, working out in the gym, or in the garden, yard, whatever, staying hydrated is key. Now, trust me, taking a trip to the ER because you haven't stayed, haven't been hydrating is not a fun experience. You know, they like to put needles in your arm. They like, you know, you stay there for a couple hours. It, it, it's just not fun. Trust me, don't do it. Liquid IV is the number one powdered sports drink in America and delivers two times faster hydration than water alone and delivers three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It uses a process called cellular transport technology, which acts as a hydration multiplier, delivering more rapid absorption of water into the body. It also delivers key vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, contains no soy or dairy. It has a wide variety of formulas. I mentioned the electrolyte replacement. They, all, uh, they also have an energy formula. Uh, gives you the same boost as two cups, two eight-ounce cups of coffee. There's an immune booster with five times the amount of vitamin C. They have a kombucha blend uh, for digestive health. They have a sleep blend containing melatonin and valerian root. Multitude of flavors like golden cherry, strawberry lemonade, sea berry, passion fruit, watermelon, pina colada. Uh, I like the electrolyte formula in golden cherry. I think that's very crisp. Um, the Yazoo Pineapple is really refreshing. And uh, the Immune Support and Tangerine, it's kind of sweet. I like it. Um, they also have a sugar-free hydration formula, giving you the same hydration and electrolytes with zero sugar. It comes That comes in white peach, green apple, and lemon lime. They also have a kid's line with the same hydration benefits and flavors your child will love, like crisp apple, concord grape, tropical punch, banana, and cotton candy. Liquid IV is conveniently packaged in individual sticks so that you can take it anywhere, to the beach, to the gym, to the office. Take it on a trip. Did you know, and this is, I didn't know this, that traveling on an airplane, the humidity is 5 to 12% less than the Sahara Desert. So people taking long flights can get mildly dehydrated. That's what they call jet lag. The typical tea, soda, alcohol just isn't going to help. Matter of fact, alcohol can actually further dehydration so take a pouch or two along with you ask for a bottle of water and bang instant hydration liquid iv cares about the world we live in as well so they resource sustainable raw materials produced by family farms 
They use 100% recycled materials in their packaging, and they also provide $1.3 million in grants to expand clean water access in other countries. So right now, go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code GCS at checkout, and you get 20% off your order. That's liquidiv.com, promo code GCS at checkout for 20% off. You can also shop Better Hydration by using my link, Z-E-N dot A-I slash Talking Sports on the Bleachers. All one word. And get 20% off anything you buy. 20% off. So check out Hydration Multiplication at liquidiv.com. All right. Well, the MLB playoffs have started. And uh, started yesterday. Uh, today is Wednesday, so they started yesterday. Um, and now uh, we already have four eliminations. Tampa Bay has been eliminated by the Texas Rangers. Uh, shut them out four to nothing on Tuesday, seven to one today. The Rangers take on the Orioles in the next round. Toronto Blue Jays have also been eliminated as the Minnesota Twins took them down in two straight games. 3 to 1 yesterday, 2 to nothing today. The Twins now face the Astros. Diamondbacks were eliminated or excuse me, the Diamond the Diamondbacks eliminated the Brewers, uh winning 6 to 3 yesterday and 5 to 2 today. Uh they did come from behind in that one tonight as why as I saw. Uh next up for the Diamondbacks is the Dodgers. The Phillies eliminated the Marlins 4 to 1 on Tuesday, 7 to 1 tonight, setting them up for a meeting against the Braves. All games are scheduled for Saturday the 7th. Now, I saw something, and I had to check this out. You know, all this talk of teams needing to spend money, having superstars, and these huge payrolls. I mean, come on. Do, do they really need that? Everybody says, yeah, you can't win unless you're spending money. Well, not exactly true, okay? But let me give you some insights here. The top three teams in payroll this year were the Mets, Three hundred and forty-three point six million. The Yankees at two hundred and seventy-six million, and the Padres two hundred and fifty-three point seven million. None of them made the playoffs. None. Not one. As a matter of fact, five teams in the top ten in payroll failed to make the playoffs. Now the other two were the number seven team Astros at two hundred thirty-seven million, and the Angels. Uh, they're number nine at two hundred and thirty million. $230.5 million. Uh, now, to be fair, you know, obviously there were some teams that spent money that, that uh, made it in. You know, Rangers, Phillies, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Braves all have payrolls exceeding $200 million. But after those guys, the next highest payroll in the playoffs was the Twins, $156 million, followed by Milwaukee at $125 million. Four teams in the bottom third of the ML, of MLB payroll made the playoffs. Number 21, Arizona Diamondbacks, who are moving on into the next round. The number 22 was the Miami Marlins. 27th was Tampa Bay. And 28th was the 100-win American League East champion, Baltimore Orioles. Do I have to say that again? The American League East champion, who won 100 games, the Baltimore Orioles, spent less than $76 million in payroll. True fact. True fact. I'm not making it up. 
So all this just goes to prove you do not need huge payrolls to win. Not saying you don't need to spend money. You need to get some guys. And if a guy's going to cost a little bit, you cost. But make sure you're getting the right guys. Make sure you're getting the team that fits. Make sure you're getting guys that are going to be there. Because the Mets, like $343 million. And most of it was in pitching. I mean, if they Verlander, Scherzer, uh, Quintana. And, you know, Quintana barely pitched this year. Uh, I think Verlander started the season late. Scherzer was a a bust. I mean, you can spend the money. You know, look at the Padres, what they've spent over the last few years in, in acquiring talent. You know, Soto and Mar- Machado, and these guys. Where are they at? Where are they at? Fourth place in the West. I, I'm just saying, Okay. As my as my daughter's as my daughter is fond of it, I'm just saying, okay. Um, and some other baseball news: the attendance at the first game between the Rangers and the Rays drew the smallest postseason crowd since Game Nine of the 1919 World Series, excluding, of course, the 2020 pandemic uh, year. But 19,704 fans um, showed up. Today's game uh, was not much better. They drew just a little over 20,000, uh, 20,198. Now, the, you know, frankly, the Rays have been having, having attendance problem for years. Uh, the stadium in St. Petersburg, many say, is hard to get to. The area also has a high retiree population. Uh, the Rays only average about 17, well, only average this year, 17,781 fans. Uh, now, this is a team, though, if you think about it, this team has made the playoffs four straight years, and they're only drawing 17,000 fans. Uh, what's wrong with this picture? Uh, they're a good organization. They're a good ball club. And they don't draw. How? Why? Only three other teams drew less. The Kansas City Royals at 16,136, Miami at 14,355, and Oakland at just a little over 10,000. Hell, last place Colorado drew 32,000 uh, a game. And the Rays win 90, can't even draw 20? Like I said, there's something wrong with this picture. And with all that, the Rays want to build a brand new stadium. Guess where? Pretty much as close to where they're at now. I mean, if you're already having a problem with that, with the location you got, I don't know. It's supposed to be some sort of beautification project or re, revamping project of the, uh, uh, I can't remember what the name of the district is, but it's a, uh, a run-down area that they're, that they're trying to re-renovate a little bit and make a, a, a pretty spot, I guess, if you want to. Um, now... With all of this, like I said, they plan to build that new stadium. It's going to be $1.2 billion uh, with a 30,000-seat capacity. Uh, the current arrangement is that the Rays will front half the cost with St. Pete and Pinellas County picking up the rest of the cost. Now, color me just a little crazy here. But if you can't draw 20,000 fans where you're at, and the team is performing as good as they are, just what good is a new stadium going to do? That's pretty much in the same location as the old one. 
I'm not seeing the logic here. You know, the thought was that maybe they were going to move, and you saw cities lining up like Portland and Montreal and Nashville and Charlotte, uh, but it doesn't seem like those moving is on the mind of the of the of the uh, Rays management. So I don't know. We'll see what goes on. You know, another thing that struck me though, the Marlins drew less than Tampa. So what does that really say about Florida and Major League Baseball? I mean, they love the spring. I mean, the spring training is you know all the stadiums are full. I've seen and you know fans flock to the spring training sites. You know, then when the teams come north, you got two teams down there looking to looking to have uh, fans, and nobody wants to show up. You know, they like baseball in March, but you know, once it gets to the season, okay, we don't need it no more. I mean, it's crazy. It's just flat crazy. I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, you know, like I said, people are talking different places, and the talk, there's going to be talking expansion in a couple of years. And you know, like I said, I've mentioned uh, the the team, the the cities that I mentioned, like Orlando. Also, you know, if, if Miami and Tampa are having problems, how are you going to put a team in Orlando? Why would you put a team in Orlando? I mean, yeah, and I've always wondered why the Gulf Coast doesn't have much more in terms of, of baseball. Uh, you know, in Florida, you've got St. Pete, and pretty much that's it. There's there's no other Gulf Coast team. Um, you know, and, and granted, I understand that uh, um, it may be hard for areas in Mississippi or Alabama, you know, along the coast to, to build a, build a uh, uh, baseball uh, franchise type thing. Uh, but you've got Louisiana, you've got New Orleans right there. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a, it's been always kind of strange to me. Uh, just kind of like the the Northwest. I mean, you've got Seattle, and that's pretty much it. And the, <laughs> the North, and nobody else up there. You know, so Portland could be a good idea. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, a new stadium for a team that's only drawn seventeen thousand fans, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm Logic is escaping me on that one. But you know the thing that's crazy? Not having the right insurance to protect you and your family. That's where the Sean Wiley Group and Allstate comes in. They know the importance of keeping you protected. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, car, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, and much more. They can offer you a customized approach that's unique to you and your situation. To make sure you and your family and your assets are protected. Because you need to be ready when life happens. Because life does happen. You take also offer great rates and savings. So give Sean and his team a call today. 636-764-6294. They'll give you a quote right over the phone just like that. On that number again, 636-764-6294. I've been told... Give them a call if you want to talk sports because they'll do that too. Well, give it a try. You know, with work, kids, and school life, it just gets busy. You can always email Sean, Sean Wiley at Allstate.com. That's S E A N W I L E Y at Allstate.com and discuss your coverage options. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Okay, let's finish up with the Cardinals. Uh, manager, uh, manager, oh, I, 
I still don't like saying that name, but manager Oliver Marmol made a pretty curious statement on Sunday after the uh, after the game. He was asked by Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch about what is the first step to ensure the team can compete in 2024. Now, Marmol's answer was that, and this is a quote, he wanted a clubhouse full of guys that has one thing on their minds, and that is not themselves. He also later added that they were going to weed those players out. Now, obviously, he didn't go into detail or name names. That would even have been more stupid than he than he's been known to be in the past, so at least he didn't do that. But what does the comment mean? Who's he talking about? Is he talking about O'Neal? Gorman? Newt Barr? Carlson? Contreras? I mean, is he talking about guys that are hurt all the time? You know, like a like a Carlson, like an O'Neill. Uh, can he be talking about Michael or Arenado, who always seem to, when they're asked about the how the team, how bad the team is performing, you know, they all. And this is personally, I don't think this is a problem. I think I like this when they say this because I think it shows that they're very committed but they interject themselves by saying um for the for us to hit better you know like arenado for for us to score i need to hit better you know for michael it was for us to win i need to pitch better okay obviously they're taking the ball they're taking the the the, uh, brunt of everything on themselves and don't have to because they're not the only ones that have any issues but is that what he's talking about you know is that what he's calling selfish um, you know, you, you know, I go back to the Tyler O'Neill thing with with the whole dust up about the, you know, um, not hustling around third base and whatnot. You know, well, and, and and that's been documented that you know Tyler was coming off an injury. It was wet. Uh, did he really want to try and screw the hamstring up again? I mean, not that did not that it helped any. I mean, he got hurt anyway. Uh, you know, like I said, is it because Carlson's always hurt and? The thing is, he's never, to me, he's never really looked like he was sold on Carlson. I mean, look at how he's used him. Here, there, not really, you know, the only time he used him at, a, at any kind of great length is if somebody was hurt or out. Now, he, I think he had in his mind Carlson was going to be the fourth outfielder. And, you know, I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent. But maybe he thought Carlson didn't like that. Uh, is it Wilson Contreras? You know the issue they had with Wilson earlier. Um, is you know again I I'm not a Wilson Contreras fan. Don't don't uh, color me that. But I I can't really see where he's being overly selfish about anything. I mean now these next this next name is is a is a stretch. Big is almost you know it's a bigger stretch than than the Arenado Michaelis, Jordan Walker, they sent him down to fix his swing. They wanted to get into the more launch angle. When he went down, he suffered, he struggled, average dropped. I mean he was hitting he was hitting a buck seventy five at one point, and then he turned it around, bang, and they brought him back up, 
And I think it was an interview Jim Hayes had with him. They asked him about coming back up and what he learned to apply down in the minors. And he said, well, they wanted me to do this and hit the ball with the with the more up. And he says, that just wasn't my swing. He said, so I went back. He said, I had trouble with it. So I went back to the way I swing. And I'm just putting a, a little better position on the ball and swinging like I used to. He said, I figured if they, that would either bring me back up or they'll just keep me down. Are they talking about that? I don't know. I mean, because if you look at, at at Walker, I mean, it's not really trying to belabor the point, but if you look at Walker, um, his home runs, I mean, they're almost laser beam ropes. You know, they're not a lot of height. They don't get really high up into the thing. You know, and it's not like the 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 old the, the majestic fly balls of of Arenado or Goldie or Gorman. They go high up in there and they just keep carrying and carrying and carrying. I mean, walkers mostly go out on a... I mean, they're so hard hit, they're, they're out in like two seconds. It's gone. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I just don't know what, what Marmol's thinking there. You know, I want to get back to Contreras for a second, though. And this kind of goes along the whole line of it. You know, TV, Brad Thompson indicated in her interview that he thought the Cardinals plan on using Contreras as a corner outfielder next season. And I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out what Brad's smoking. Because, yeah, okay, you guys know I'm not a Contreras fan. I've mentioned that. It's well documented. I don't think he was the right move. I still don't think he was the right move. If you want to talk to me about that fantastic i'll give you a way to contact me later in, at the end of the show please do please contact me let me know what you think but i just don't think he was the right guy for the job but by the same token i don't think he've actually they've actually treated him fair either in in in, in a lot of respects um some of it he brought on himself you know he and some of it is because we're spoiled we're spoiled. We had Yadi Molina for 19 years. Five years before that, we had Mike Matheny. You know, we had Tom Pagnazzi in there for 10 years. And he was he was off and on as the full-time catcher, backup catcher. But he was there. He was solid. Uh, you go back to Tony Payne. Um, and then back to the 70s, 80s, Ted Simmons. We've been spoiled at catcher. We've had that leader. Wilson Contreras has not presented himself as leader, which I think has caused a lot of his own problems. But, you know, putting him in the outfield? I mean, I know the guy doesn't catch 100 games a year. He never has. He doesn't catch 100 games a year. But to put him in the outfield, I mean, are you truly serious? If you just want him there for his bat, then DH the guy. DH the guy, carry Kisner and and Herrera as your catchers, and leave it at that. There's no sense to play him in the outfield. A lot of you know there are catchers who do move on and play different positions or other positions. Mostly it's the infield, third base, first base. Uh, Craig Biggio played second base. Uh, you know, but the only catcher I can really remember that played a lot of outfield was was uh, Gary Carter. He played um, about 300 games in the outfield. Uh, out of his 2,100 games. Uh, but, 
you know, it just doesn't happen. And especially when the guy's 30-some-odd years old. I mean, Contreras is 30, be 31, I think, next year. I just don't see him moving to the outfield on a regular basis or even a part-time basis. Now, maybe an emergency situation, guy gets injured, you don't have a replacement, you can throw him out there. You know, okay, I can see that. I just don't think it's going to happen as a regular uh, regular occurrence, if you will. So, um, you know, the, now the Cardinals, you know, a lot of talk has been made about Moe's, we are going to get three pitchers. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Um, in the first place, I do not believe in any instance, and Moe's going to have to prove it to me, but I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that that the Cardinals are going to go out and get top free agent pitchers or trade for a top pitcher uh, in one year, and three pitcher, three of them in one year. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't see it happening. Uh, it's not Moe's track record. Now, I did have an article uh, you can find on gatewaycitysports.com uh, on five free agent pitchers I thought they should target. Um, you know, ch- go ahead and check that article out. Uh, but the five were uh, uh, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, and um, yeah, I, I can't remember. Pronounce the first the first name, but Yamamoto, the Japanese uh, pitcher. Uh, but go ahead and check that article out, GatewayCitySports.com. Um, but I think they're going to need some help in the bullpen. I can see them maybe going after a Josh Hader. I don't think they will, but I I can see it. Uh, I think they will try to make a move toward Nola or Snell or Gray. I think one of those one or two of those three they're going to make a major move on. Whether they get him or not is another story. Trading-wise, I'm not – I don't know. I'm going to work on an article on that, too. But I think trading-wise, I think the target I would look at – there's there's three out there that I would I would take a look at trade-wise. Um, obviously, uh, Logan Gilbert out of Seattle, I would, I would definitely take a look at him. Um, the other ones, uh, Dylan Cease, I would definitely take a look at Dylan Cease to see if maybe there can be something done there. And Zach Wheeler. I mean, a decent number five guy. I mean, I know we've got Matts, okay, uh, and Matts could actually be your number five. Wheeler could be your number four. Uh, so there's some some guys there. I, I don't think you need to go out and get three top pitchers because I think Michaelis is a solid, a solid three. So if you can pick up a top a top end guy like a Snell, a Gray, and then get a number two guy, say like a Montgomery, get you know get Montgomery back in the fold. Or bring in a Nola, uh, and you know, then you get a number four. You can get a guy um, like a Wheeler or uh, somebody in that respect. Uh, some people have brought up uh, Trevor Bauer's name now that he's been pretty much cleared of of any wrongdoing. I don't know. I think there's still a little too much distractional baggage, if you will. Uh, but he's obviously somebody you you. I think every team should kick the tires on at least and say, okay, you know, here's the deal. Um, We'll sign you for this, but keep your mouth shut. We don't need you to retry everything that you went through the last two or three years. 
you know, media is going to ask for it, so, you know, that's going to be the problem in and above itself. But, yeah, you can look at you can look at him. Um, so, you know, there's a number of guys out there, I think. Um, any one of them can, can help the rotation. Uh, but you are going to need somebody top, uh, a, a top guy at least for that rotation. You're going to need a Snell. You're going to need a Gray, somebody like that. Uh, Bullpen-wise, they could pick up a good bullpen piece. I think it's fairly solid with Helsley, Romero, and uh, Gallegos. Uh, but it never hurts to pick up somebody else. It never hurts to get that veteran in there. Because uh, that's one thing that that bullpen does lack is a good, solid veteran presence. Uh, and there's a couple, three of those guys around as well. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, so anyway, uh, I want to remind you, I, I'm going to be checking out here shortly. Uh, but uh, first I want to get some... Uh, scheduling points out of the way you know and first thing is i'm going to try and effort uh, a round table about the cardinals possibly next week i've already got one uh guest confirmed and jd Haffron, and i'm hoping to get uh one or one or two others if i can and then uh two weeks down the road uh for all my Illini listeners i want you to tune into this one Dion Thomas, friend of the show and a Lion Eye legend, will be here to talk a little Lion Eye hoops. So, I want to remind you, check out GatewayCitySports.com for your articles, not only from me, but Russ Robinson, Brian Swope, Gene Bonds. Tune into the other podcasts, like the Team of Rivals with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. The Two for Three with the Moose, Mike Stevenson. And the Derek King Sports Show with the one and only Derek King. That's at GatewayCitySports.com. Now, if you want to contact the show, comment on anything, leave a question, uh, whatever you want. Uh, you can uh, leave a comment uh, where you get your podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can contact me and the show directly on Twitter. You can find the show at TSOTBGCS, or you can email the show TSOTB.GCS at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Have any questions, comments? Love to hear them from you. All right, folks, so until next time, have fun, stay safe, and we're going to see you again when we're talking sports on the bleachers. Good night, everybody.